0: Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, his gospel, and what living life in his kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, you guys ready for some gospel? Let's get it, what does gospel mean? means good news. It means good news. Is there any bad news to the good news? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Gee, listen, our God is not your doctor. He doesn't say you want the good news first or the bad news. He just says, I have good news. I'm so glad that Gabriel didn't say, behold, I bring you glad tidings and bad tidings for all people. He said, I bring you glad tidings, which shall Spill over and cause great joy for all people. Let's look at Luke's Gospel chapter 1 um, today. And uh, I had some thoughts just come to my heart in worship, and I just want to share them with you in regards to um, what we would call the Christmas narrative. The Christmas narrative. Uh, Luke's Gospel chapter 1, verse 26. Luke's Gospel chapter 1, verse 26. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 26. I'll just read until I feel like stopping it then. How about that? Um, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel. Y'all didn't know that Gabriel was Spanish, did you? Uh Uh-huh. Blessed y'all with that one, didn't it? A guy told me this week, I thought that was funny. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Everybody say Nazareth. And he was sent to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, who was of the house or lineage of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, which doesn't actually have a a good meaning to it, but it's interesting when you research it all out. And the angel having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and she considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and you'll bring forth the son and you'll call his name Jesus. And Jesus will be great and Jesus will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give Jesus the throne of his father, David. And Jesus will reign over the house of Jacob forever. I love he didn't say he'll reign over the house of Israel forever. Everybody say this, say Jacob and Israel are the same person, right? But Jacob was the man, Jacob, before he really encountered the Lord, right? Jacob was what they would call in scripture, the heel catcher or the deceiver. (laughs) Watch this. Jesus reigns in the house of the deceiver forever. He reigns over them, right? He's known as the, he's not known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, He's known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because he's the God of the bad boy too. You see it? See it? So, and of his kingdom, there'll be no end. And Mary said, how can this be? I don't know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, don't worry worry about it. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed... Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, I love this, Luke one thirty-seven. This is a refrigerator verse if I ever heard one. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And I love Mary's response. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. She's talking to herself now. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. From her. And then the next few verses, essentially, she leaves her house and she wants to go check out what Gabriel said to her about her cousin Elizabeth. So she goes to her house and verse forty two happens. Sorry, verse forty one, Luke one and forty one. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth was filled with who? Uh, she so <laughs> she was filled with the Holy Spirit before the Holy Spirit was poured out in the earth. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, This is Elizabeth, Elizabeth speaking to Mary. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. One, how does she know that Mary's even pregnant? I'm just saying, just reading the Bible. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as your voice of your greeting was sounded in my ears, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed. In other words, remember Mary said, be it unto me according to what you said, she believed. And Elizabeth said, Mary You are blessed because you believe. And then she said this, for there will be a fulfillment of those things that were told you from the Lord. And then Mary, (laughs) I'm telling the Bible, crazy. Mary gets overwhelmed with joy. And then Mary just breaks out in this. And she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Can you imagine? I mean, Elizabeth just told her that and just Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, from henceforth, all generations will call me blessed for he who has mighty. Listen to what she calls the Lord for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from one generation to the next generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones, but he has exalted the lowly. And he has filled the hungry with all good things and the rich he has sent away empty. But he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to their fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth For three months. And in three months, Elizabeth would have given birth. And then she returned to her house. There's a lot going on. I just want to share some thoughts with you about the incarnation. What does Advent mean? Coming. Come on, what does Advent mean? Coming. In the Easter season, we celebrate the fact that Jesus got what? (laughs) He got up, right? But during Christmas, we celebrate the fact that he came down. So, The advent, right, the Latin word adventus literally means coming. And Jesus Christ is the only person in the cosmos that can be here, Kalen, yet he's always coming. See that? See, he's here, but he's always coming. So we say things like, I found the Lord. Really, you found the Lord. No, the Lord's always here. You just became aware of him. Right. Right. It's like you walking through this room, you see somebody in the room that you didn't know was in the room. They were already here. You just became aware of it. Advent literally means the coming of the Lord. So for two thousand and twenty three years, we have been celebrating the coming of the Lord. Now, in the coming of the Lord is a lot now in the coming of the Lord. It should be we don't for some reason, we don't talk about this here in the West, but we should talk more about the incarnation. Because this is so huge in regards to the coming of the Lord. Now, Advent does mean coming. Advent does mean coming, but in his coming was the incarnation. Now that God has come, Matthew, he will never leave. Anything God does will never be undone. The fact that he came through the Christ means he never leaves. So now Jesus rises from the dead in his resurrection and in his ascension. And he says, lo, I'm with you. How long? Always until the ends of the age. So this coming means I'm always here, but I'm always coming. In this coming was the incarnation. What does incarnation mean? Incarnation is enfleshment. To be wrapped in flesh. In other words, a spiritual invisible thing takes on a form so that physical beings can see it and behold it and even touch it. First John, the youngest of the disciples who lived to be the oldest of the, the disciples wrote this. This is what he said, Kaylee, in 1 John chapter 1. He says, the same guy that wrote the gospel of John. He says, talking about the incarnation. He says that which I've seen with my eyes. He says, that which I've handled with my hands. He says, that which I've heard about with my ears. He says, that is the thing that I'm declaring to you. And he was saying the word, which is not a Bible. He sent the word, the logos that was a part of the Trinity, a part of the perichoresis, the, the great circle dance, the word that has always been with God, who is God, chose to advent us, chose to come to us. So now he's always with us. And in his coming, he chose to be incarnate so we could see him. And he said, I saw him with my eyes. I, I touched him with my hands. I heard him with my ears. And he said, this is the word that I'm declaring to you. First John 1, and he said, I'm telling this to you, watch it now, so that your joy may be full. The incarnation is the enfleshment of God becoming flesh. John 1, John's gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, not the Bible. Now, get it, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Don't get it twisted. And the word was God. Verse two, the same was with God in the beginning and everything that was made was made through this word, right? Let's keep on going. And in him, this word was life and the life of this word, watch this, was the light to all mankind. So much for the lie that we're all born in darkness. Are you are, are you telling me that baby shepherd is born in darkness and filled with darkness? I beg to differ. Are you telling me that that the child in your womb is going to be born in darkness? I beg to differ because Jesus, the word incarnate, <laughs> the word of God came into the world and the scripture says his life is literally the light to all mankind. In him was life, and his life was the light of all mankind. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And the same came to bear witness of this light. And it says, John was not the light, but the word was the light. But John came to point people to the light that all men in the light might believe. Just just quoting the Bible here, folks. Right? Right? And then it says this of the advent, the coming of the Lord, who incarnated himself in flesh so we could see him. It says this, and he came into the world. He, advent, came into, it's my globe right here. He came into the world. The globe's upset. He came into the world. And it says this, it says the world was made by him, but the world did not know him. The creation said, I'm going to walk amongst my creation. The creator said, I'm going to walk amongst my creation. But they're like, we don't know you. He came in to his own and his own received him not. It can mean two things. He came to the Jews specifically and the Jews didn't receive him or more of a Trinitarian thought here. He came to the cosmos he created and they human beings didn't even. Abba verse 12 comes along and says, but to those that did receive him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. And these are they that are born not of human origin or the will of a man or of human blood, but their birth has everything to do with God. And the word became flesh and the word became flesh. See, it started way up here with the father dancing with the son dancing with the spirit and what the early fathers between 350 and 400 AD called the perichoresis the great circle dance the trinity father son and spirit dancing in this amazing circle dance that they would say is one filled with life light and love and out of this he created the whole cosmos and the cosmos themselves that we know how to do things. Humanity said, we know how this stuff works. And they eventually drifted away from the knowledge of God. So much so that humanity started inventing their own gods. Yeah. And so eventually the son says, you know what? I'm stepping out of the dance while still being a part of the dance. And the son says, I know what they need. They need a coming. I know what they need. They need a fresh advent. I know what they need. They need a fresh visitation. You know how my mom used to make me straighten up when I was a boy? Oh, boy, I'd be acting crazy. Me and my three older brothers, really, they were crazy. You know, I always say they're older than me, but they were never as cute as me. And they were wild and they were just mean, you know. So, but you know how my mom would get us to straighten up Caleb? She would say, that's all right. Your dad's coming home at five o'clock. Your dad's bringing an advent. Your dad is coming. See, I don't. It's 2023 is a different day. You you look at your kid wrong. They call him DHS. I lived out in the country, right? The cops didn't even come out there the way we were. And I knew that when my dad came, came, he was coming. And he was gonna be in the flesh. And he had something, uh, you won't know what this is, Nathaniel, but he had something called a belt, right? And it was, it was made with leather, like real leather, right? If that didn't work, we had something called a water hose or real country, a hose pipe. I got some other Lumbee folks in the room. My, my mama was a master with a extension cord. There's one time I tried to run, and as I was running, she extended it. Just, I see slow motion, that cord extending as she's just coming back and just, I mean, she could hit a fly off the corner of your ear with that thing, boy. As she's in heaven watching me going. Yes, sir, Piggly Wiggly, North Carolina, all day long. She, my mom would say, your dad's coming. And just hearing that, like, oh, clean up the toys and all the stuff that we were doing and The sun says, I'm bringing the advent. The globe didn't need a better church service. The globe needed a fresh advent. But I cannot come to humanity. Watch this. What humanity doesn't need, what humanity doesn't need is another visitation just from an angel now. That's not what humanity needs. uh, Humanity's had that. See, humanity doesn't need more rules. I gave you commandments. Humanity doesn't even need another holy man with a staff. You had that. I gave you law. I gave you prophets. I gave you judges. I gave you leaders. I gave you kings. I gave you seers. I gave you all the stuff, but all the stuff was just substitutes. Until the one that was really spoken was supposed to come. What you really need is you need a Genesis three fifteen. What the earth really needs in this advent is the earth needs the seed of the woman. Yeah, but women don't have seed. That's why it's virgin birth. For the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. What what the earth needs is what Isaiah spoke of, Stephen. They need the root to come out of dry ground now. Yeah, but roots don't germinate in dry ground. Yeah, it's the virgin birth. You need the dry root to come. You need the seed of the woman to come. You need the one who will crush the head of the serpent. You need him to come. But who's he coming to? I would have asked, who's he coming through? And for, I don't know, you could say a few thousand years. We don't know for sure, really. The serpent, the deceiver who had been beguiling all humanity was looking at how this man child was going to come and where he was going to come from. And while the earth, the cosmos was spiraling into their own direction, the creator said, I know what to do. I'm going to pay it a visit. Have you ever seen that show? What is that show called? Somebody help me where the boss goes undercover. Man, undercover boss. There you go goes right there. See, 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 see how revelation comes to you. The boss goes undercover at his own Restaurant or his own business. He says, I've been hearing some bad things about y'all. Y'all not running the place according to the system I set up for it. And you don't need better management. You need an advent. There have been times in my own marriage, you know what I needed? I needed an advent. There have been times in my own attitude, you know what I needed? An undercover boss goes to the business that he started. He thought, man, this ain't operating nothing like I want it to operate. No wonder people are displeased, upset, disgruntled, broken. No wonder sales are down. And he comes in a way that they don't know it's him. And he's looking like, making nose like, man. You know what I find out a lot of times, though? These bosses, they own a restaurant. They ain't never flipped a burger dead in their life. They don't even know how to do it. But Jesus comes for us, to us, as us (laughs) in the advent. And he did life here for 33 and a half years as one of us. The angel flies because he gets a message from the Trinity. He flies and he visits a young virgin girl by the name of Mary. And he says, you are highly favored. You're going to give birth to the Christ. Three things to me that the advent and the incarnation and the Christmas story speak to us today. One is in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, an angel by the name of Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God's going to do it in a place that you wouldn't think. He always has. He's always moved in places we wouldn't think. Has he not? I mean, you look, even in the Bible, where did Jesus say he was from? He's known as Jesus of. And what did they say? Well, (laughs) where should he have done it at? Rome? I don't know. Come out of Egypt. It It was still a powerhouse. God would do it in a place it shouldn't be done at. He's always done it that way. My goodness, why would God do anything through Jews? You can find a more mightier nation than they, but God loves to do things on the globe in a place where we can't take credit for it. (laughs) What did Micah say? Oh, you Bethlehem of Judea, the smallest of all. He says, yet out of you is going to arise a king and the prophets are like maybe god missed it no let's just see i don't think no that's what he's saying no that's what he's saying that's what he's saying i want to tell you something can god do it in edmund i know he can do it in oklahoma city greater but what about edmund can god do it in Okarchi can he do it in Shawnee? My God, what, has any good thing ever come out of Shawnee? Right? But Edmond. A still racially divided city. Can he do it in Edmond? Somebody told me last week, said, um, yeah, we came to the church. I said, did you now? They said, I was surprised by what I saw. You know, and I'm just acting dumb. What did you see? What did the Lord show you when you were here? Because they don't always want to say it. You know? Well, you know. No, I don't know. You got to tell me. I'm, I'm a fifth grader. Tell me exactly what you saw. Well, you know, I mean, I saw. I saw them. No, you, um. You saw them? You went to the same school I went to. No, who was, um? Well, you know, I saw him, Matt. I saw, you know, the different color people. I, everybody, that was all there. Yeah, we had the white folks, the brown folks, the black folks, the yellow. We all there. Yeah, but in Edmond. Yeah, in Edmond. Because God's not afraid of our demographics. He's not afraid of what the economy is. He's not afraid of the cultural barriers. Come on. He's not afraid of the gender barriers. He's not put off by what the media is saying. I don't care what ruling spirits have been here before we arrive, because now, Matthew, we have arrived. And we believe in the gospel. And when our God comes, he'll pour his spirit out on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. I believe that heaven on earth can happen. And black people, white people, yellow people, brown people can be under one roof sharing one gospel gospel and join one spirit for there is one spirit one lord one faith one baptism and one god and father of all and overall he don't care he's not intimidated by a place he's not intimidated by a place and just while i'm there there's something so supernatural about this advent season. which for me i'm gonna just be honest with you every season now is advent for me every season is advent But there is a heightened awareness about angelic visitation. I'll never forget. Been in my last house. Putting my kids to bed one night in my office. We had a pull-out couch in there. We had just had a ladies' event that night. A flourish at our house. They left. We have glass doors. I shouldn't even be sharing these stories. But we had glass doors at our office. And Matthew, I kid you not, man, I laid my kids down. I got them fresh to sleep. I lean up. trying to, you know, because I'm... 27 pounds soaking wet i'm trying to get out of the bed so they don't feel me which doesn't require much work but anyway i lean up and as i look out of the office doors the only thing i know i i I just described to you what i saw it was a silhouette but it was all light and he walked past like one strike was by the office door just and i just stood there for a second like i'm not moving (laughs) i ain't i ain't moving We had some guests in from Columbia, South America one time. We are eating at a table in that same room. That angel was walking toward my bedroom door. Because that's where the magic happens. But he was walking toward the bedroom door. And <laughs> we were actually eating at our dinner table. And I look up and standing in front of my bedroom door is this man holding what looked to be a menorah. But it was, it was giving off like electric light. I don't know how to describe it. I said that I can share stories, but I don't do it because I don't want you to think I'm puffed up. It's been a while since I've actually had one of those. You want to know the truth. But there's a heightened awareness of angelic visitation happening now on the planet. Angels are messengers. They come to say things, but they also come to do things on the behalf of the Messiah. But will you be aware of it? Some of us have entertained angels. And we have been completely unaware of it. I'll never forget hearing a friend of mine. He was a part of one of the largest churches in the Greenville, South Carolina area. He was a black man who started going to a church that was led by a white pastor. When he went there, the congregation jumped into the thousands, literally jumped into the thousands. He began to do outreach into to some of the worst parts of the city. This guy's just a huge heart for people. They had like five uh Buses they would send out every week just bringing people. I mean, it's just their ministry was just crazy. He told me one time he was driving by a dumpster. He saw a guy sitting at a dumpster. He gets out. I don't even know how I'm way. Out. I'm so far off my sermon right now. He he stops to pick up the guy in the car, and the guy gets in the car, and he says, I'm going to take you out to eat, man, and all this other stuff. So, I'm going to buy you some clothes. The guy's like, I don't need clothes. He's like, I just want to buy you some clothes. Take the guy shopping. Spends several hours with him takes him back to the dumpster to let him out. And the guy that he's letting out that he thought was a homeless man, whatever you want to call him, bum, whatever you want to call him. The guy says, the homeless man says, "Um, would you give me your address? Now, what would you do if a homeless man asked you to give me your address? You'd be like, brother, I stay at um, (laughs) 7777 Nowhere Boulevard. (laughs) He said, I'm not going to give you my address. He said, just give me your address. He said, I'm not going to give you my address. He said, look, man, I'm not homeless. He said, I am the largest realtor in the state of uh, South Carolina. Can't make this stuff up. He said, for you, he said, I just happen to be hanging out by the dumps. I'm having a rough day. True story. He said, because you stopped and picked me up, I want to do something for you. He said, as long as I am who I am and I'm alive, you will never have another mortgage payment. And to this day, he hadn't had one. I'm like, I ain't never leaving the state of South Carolina. (laughs) Matter of fact, I'm going to move here this year and next year I'm going to move here. Look, some people have entertained angels and they were completely unaware. Because when God comes to these places, Matthew, he doesn't always come with a glowing face. And we got to quit being so spiritual that we're trying to dictate to Yahweh how he comes and how he moves and how he flows. Just say, Lord, do it ever how you want to do it. Because how you want to do it has got to be better than what I can plan. Right? So he comes to the Nazarethes of our day. And I'm telling you, Edmund hadn't seen nothing yet. Kaylee, I remember sitting in our living room just dreaming. I'm telling you, Edmund hadn't seen nothing yet. This is the seed form. This is the seedbed of what God is going to do. Do you know how many businesses are in this room right now? Do you know how many ethnicities are in this room right now? Do you know how many people have had babies in the short amount of time since we've, our, our listen. We need a miracle in the form of some more childcare space. Do you understand that? And I'm telling you, we haven't seen anything yet. Edmund hadn't seen what Jack Bees is going to be to this region yet. Who's coming? uh, uh, Part of that is coming out of this church and I rejoice in that truth. We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything like we're going to have angelic visitation yet. So he's going to do it in a place that we haven't seen yet. But not only that, he's going to do it through a people that we wouldn't do it through. Why a young virgin girl? Pick somebody who's married whose name wouldn't be scandalized. Yeah, but the wisdom of God isn't like the wisdom of men. We would have picked the most wealthiest, people that had the best reputation, who lived in the best house, who knew the most scripture. Mary would have been a woman. She wouldn't have owned a scroll. She wouldn't have had a good relationship with the priest of her day. And do you understand that Jesus was known as a bastard child? Uh, pastor, I don't think I ever thought about it that way. <laughs> no. They, even when Jesus would have been in the schools of his day, that's what his friends would have known him as. Yeah, your dad is the one that before he married your mom, they were intimate and they had a child. I know exactly who you are. Jesus bore that. God would never pick a stuttering murderer to be a great deliverer, would he? But Moses would beg the difference. God would never pick a scared man by the name of Gideon to be the great judge of Israel in his day, would he? No, but God would do things like that. God would do things like that. God would never pick David. Who would steal your wife so fast? (laughs) I love the story in the Bible where David went and got a guy's wife and the guy is walking behind him pleading, don't take him. And David said, look, boss, I'm giving you one more chance. You better get back to your house. And God would still say of David, you are a man after my own heart. And out of all the people in the cosmos that I could call my son from heaven to be named your son on the earth. You didn't pick the son of Abraham or Elijah or Samson. You picked David. But God wouldn't do that, would he? No, but he will sit upon the throne of his father, David. He's going to do it in a place that we wouldn't pick. And he's going to use a people that we wouldn't pick. He wouldn't use a skinny Native American Indian. Nah, but would he? Nah, no, but would he? Would he do it? He wouldn't pick a rusty, dusty fisherman by the name of Simon. Who definitely has some cousin issues. I know that, Christian. I mean, this brother had some serious cousin issues. Had some anger issues, too. But would he use him? I love... The, the, the series, The Chosen, when Jesus calls Matthew and he says, you come follow me. Such a poo. such a powerful moment right there. And Simon stands up and says, Lord, you don't need to, he don't, he don't need to call him to be with us. He said, now he's different. And Jesus looks in the eyes of Simon. He said, you better get used to different. Better get used to different. He wouldn't pick James and John who were going to, who asked to burn up a city. They were trying to operate in the spirit of Elijah while standing in the midst of the Christ. (laughs) Would you do that, Jesus? Yeah, he calls those people too. He's going to do it in a place that we wouldn't pick. And he's going to do it through a people that we wouldn't do it through. He's going to do a 1 Corinthians 1.30 where Paul writes to the church at Corinth where they were sleeping with their mother-in-laws and getting drunk doing communion. And he says to those people, for there's not many mighty that are called. For God has not chosen the mighty, not many, or the wise He says, but God has chosen the foolish things in this cosmos to confound the wise. And the base things are the things that are on the bottom. He will use them to bring to naught the things that are. And I thought, I found myself in the scripture because I was a not mighty person. I felt like I was a weak person. I was definitely a is not or a are not person. Yet I found myself in the scripture. And he says, God has chosen these things to do this through. So I always pick the youngest, David. I'll always pick the one with the worst reputation. I will meet a woman at a well if I got to. And I will use her to bring the city to me. When if I would have been God, I would have said, I want you to go down to that Galilean seminary. And I want you to pick the most fiery pre- Oh, the most fiery preacher and say, bring them to me. But Jesus didn't say he was going to do it that way. He didn't do it that way. He'll do it in a place we wouldn't pick. He'll do it through a people that we wouldn't pick. And he'll do it with a purpose we would have never chosen. I can't see God doing this for any of that stuff. Why are you going to do that for, Jesus? For Papa, so loved the cosmos, that he's willing to give his only begotten son through the coming. That whoever would put their Greek pistes, their trust in him, Never have to die but they would have ever life. This is the wisdom of the ages man. Do you know that when believers leave this planet they go to be a part of what the scripture calls the great cloud of witnesses. My mom is there now. And they look on us. They see all now, from the other side of what I'm just going to call the veil, they see things different. They have to, Matthew. They see things. And they're like, Matthew believes that. He'd never seen what I see now, but he believes that. Wow. And I bet they see from the other side of the veil, they say, oh, now I see revelation and truth that I never saw before. Like, it makes sense now. Um, I can see why, I can see why, you know, Kristen is struggling to believe because I see how she was raised and maybe the denomination she was raised in. And I see the area of the country that she was, so I understand her struggle. She doesn't understand it, but I see from the other side of the veil. And, and can you see the sun I have mercy on her in that area. I see, I see. And even when I don't understand it, he says, I understand because I came for you. I came to you, but I came as one of you. I wore the same flesh you wore. So the Bible says he, meaning Jesus, was in all ways tempted like we are yet without sin. And it says this, now we have a high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. What? What? No high priest on the earth was ever touched by the feeling of everybody's infirmities. But Jesus says, no, I am. Because when I came to the car, let me tell you something. We should learn this in church. They don't do this. They believe it about Adam, but they don't believe it about Jesus. We believe that Adam in himself bore all flesh, all humanity. But Jesus, as the last Adam comes and says, likewise, I will become all flesh, all humanity. So there's not a temptation in the room of a woman or a man, the pull of any addiction, the pull of any thought that Jesus hadn't felt. He felt it for every human being. You know why Jesus fell by carrying the cross that day? Not because the cross was heavy, and it was. But it was the addiction of every human being that would ever have an addiction. It was the insecurity of every human being that would ever have an insecurity. It was the fear of every human being who would ever even have a fear. It was the death that every human would die. Every human being that ever would have any issue, Jesus bore the weight of it, and he fell under the weight of it. But he was the enfleshment of God becoming like us. Woo. Oh, oh, oh. but Jesus becoming flesh. Here's the gospel now and I'm done. Here's the gospel. Jesus becoming flesh. Once he became flesh, he never reversed the process so that he would go from being flesh to leaving to being now just spirit again. Now he does this, but he takes it full circle. Now Jesus. Chooses to be a human being he wears a human body in the midst of the Trinity today So that now all flesh is right now in the Trinity in Christ Think of it Do you know that Jesus still has nail-scarred hands and they are not signs of dishonor to him He says these are my medals here. when he rose from the dead and they needed proof of who he was, Thomas. He said, look, I would have thought he'd have came with a body with no holes. He said, no, I got this. Dr. Kelly Varner said, the only man-made things in heaven to this day are the scars that they gave Jesus. And he still chooses to wear them. Selah, Paul's coming.
1: He'll do it in a
0: place that we wouldn't think he would do it in. He'll do it through a people We didn't think he would do it through and he has a purpose and a plan. that's gonna blow our minds Stand to your feet with me Everybody okay Jesus I say thank you For who you are. I say thank you Abba, for what you've done. I say thank you. Holy Spirit for being my Emmanuel for being God with us. Thank you for the wonder of John three sixteen. for Abba so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whomsoever would believe in him would never have to die, but they could have everlasting life. In John 17 and 3, Yeshua said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and your Son, Jesus, that you have sent. Lord, we enjoy this today. And I concur with Apostle John that that which I've seen with my eyes, that which I've handled with my hands, and that which my ears have heard, that joy I declare to you, that fellowship I give to you. And I do this today that your joy might be full. I speak this over you today, Way Family, that you will literally hear the gospel and believe the gospel so that you can enjoy The God who created you. And become the person you have always been destined to be. Mm. Receive his love today. Receive his affirmation today. That you are his beloved. I want to do this before I go. If you're in this room today and you've never received the life and love of Christ Jesus, or maybe you have, but just honestly, you've been living completely unaware of it, I want to pray with you. If that's you in any capacity, I just want to acknowledge that by a simple show of your hands. And I want to pray for you so I can know exactly who we're praying for. When I get to three, just if you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, hey man, that's me. I want to acknowledge that. One, two, three. Anybody in the room, you're living unaware. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, man. Anybody else? Anybody else? Here's what I want to do, family. I saw at least two folks that said that. I want to pray with them, but I also want to pray for them. Can we do this together as a family? Can we do this? Can we say, Father, we acknowledge your goodness today. I see your plan what's been revealed to me. We need you. I receive the life of Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. But thank you for your life in me. I want to walk with you daily. I want to commune with you daily. I recognize that when I miss it, When I make a mistake, even when I sin, you don't leave me. I'll never not be yours again. Thank you for the advent. Thank you for the incarnation. I receive it with joy. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via cash app at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.